Hi, my name is Dr. Julie Osborne. I'm a doctor of psychology and a licensed clinical social worker specializing in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm here to help bring the power of CBT into your own life. And in this podcast, I'll answer your questions and share with you practical ways to apply CBT principles so you can achieve a greater level of happiness and satisfaction in your life and relationships. In this episode, I'm going to talk about burnout. And I thought it was a really good topic to address because a lot of people are feeling burned out in many different ways. And more people are starting to slowly go back to the office, you know, making all the adjustments that we've had with COVID. And it's important for us to take care of ourselves in our workplace so that we don't hit that place of feeling burned out. And I can share with you personally that just a couple weeks ago, before I am doing this podcast, um, I did take a vacation. And so I had not taken a vacation since July last year, like most people probably. And when I did, I just went to like the next city over and hung out at the beach a little bit. <laughs> so um, obviously we couldn't go anywhere with COVID, right? We couldn't fly anywhere or do things like we normally do. I had different things planned that had to get canceled. So since I was you know, working from home and couldn't go anywhere, I just was working a lot, which I was very grateful for. I was so glad I was able to work with so many people and, and help, you know, get through COVID and everything that my clients were going through in their lives. But um, I was working five days a week and before COVID, I was working four days a week. And so I was just like, I'll just keep working and working, working, working. And again, it was busier than I really thought it was going to be. And I did hit that place of burnout before I took this last vacation. I felt like my brain was mush. I was tired. I was feeling a little more irritable. I just needed a break. And, you know, I didn't practice what I preach because I've always talked to my clients about good self-care and taking a vacation is important. And normally I would take a two-week vacation. And a lot of times, you know, my clients would be like, two weeks. And I'm like, yeah, you need to do two weeks. It takes me about a week to like decompress. (laughs) So it's really important. And I got to that place where I was feeling a little burned out and I don't want to be burned out, right? I love what I do. And I needed to kind of refresh and give myself time to just focus on, you know, my family and myself and just having some fun. And I did have a great time. And when I came back, I just felt so much more refreshed and on cue with my clients and focused. And it just made a world of difference. So I thought, you know, I'm not the only one, obviously, that's going through this. And I thought it might be a really good topic for you to think about that hopefully you are not at that place of being burned out, but to be able to see the signs. So if you're going in that direction, you can say, you know what, I need to do some more things for myself. And we're going to go over all that today. But that's really where this was coming from. And I could just really relate to it. And, and I'm, I'm going to do a better job for myself and, you know, take off more time more often to just get a little break. Because I know for many reasons, but especially with my CBT practice, that I'm just a better therapist when I take care of myself because I want to be spot on and right there for my clients and be focused. So it was really good. And um, I want to talk to you guys about, you know, staying healthy at work. You know, some people say, you know, are you working hard or hardly working or both, right? <laughs> what is what does my life look like? I want you to start asking yourself that. And, and the atmosphere of the workplace has changed dramatically, even before COVID, but especially with COVID. And ever since the explorative practices of the Industrial Revolution, actually, going all the way back there, or removed through legislation, work's been more defined as a place where a person can find fulfillment through a job, and you can feel rewarded and, and get hopefully paid a fair wage. 
but this definition has reverted in recent years to one in which the needs of the employee have become less important, which is a huge problem. And finding personal fulfillment through your work has become more of a challenge. Progressive occupational stress leading to job burnouts become a painful reality for many people, and especially true during times of high unemployment, which obviously we just went through with COVID, right? And when workers who are still employed are expected to carry the load of those who are no longer you know, with the company. So many of us have maybe been in those situations where they let go of someone and now you're expected to take on more. So sometimes finding that fulfillment is really hard when you're exhausted every day and you don't feel like you have the support. So the incidence of job burnout has become more widespread due to a few things. One is, you know, corporations merge and the interest of the stockholders come to be more prominent business policies. Also, jobs are eliminated or combined because of technology innovations. Also, more production moves overseas where labor costs are cheaper. We know that's a big issue, right? Downsizing has become more frequent. You know, this is, again, where the worker is expected to do more work for less money. And layoffs occur in alarming frequency. Sometimes, you know, uh, you get a new CEO. I've heard this story many times from my clients. And, you know, everyone's sitting there on pins and needles. Are they going to restructure? Are they bringing people that they worked with? Like, you know, you think you're at a job for years and it could just be over in a moment. So it creates a lot of stress. Also, many people are working longer hours, taking on more responsibilities just to hold on to the job, just to stay in place. Where one income used to support a family years and years ago, it now normally takes two. And this is a major impact on the dynamics of raising a family, right? When both parents have to work. I mean, I've talked to parents where, you know, everybody's normal before COVID. You're shipping the kids out to school or daycare or wherever their caregiving is. You're both running off to work, right? Both parents come home. You got to feed your kids, make sure the homework's done, give them a bath, try to get them down on time. I mean, there's just like no time as in the adult for yourself. And by the time you get your kids to bed and everything done, you're like exhausted. So it's the truth for many families, but it, it's become much harder. So the one thing I think I've, with COVID, now that more people are working from home, people are finding a little bit more balance and actually like it. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it's still going to take time to see how all of this kind of pans out regarding, I'm hearing from some clients, you know, uh, some companies want people to come to work. Some people are offering, you know, options like hybrid, stay home, come in full time. So we'll see what happens. But the stressors of work takes an impact on the family, right? And the dynamics of raising a family. So as a result of all these changes in the workplace, stress increases dramatically for some workers. And job stress is the result of an overload of our senses and our inability to complete certain tasks. So we're presented with more demands, information, stimuli, and intensity that we can take in and process. It's a lot to deal with. And the end result of prolonged exposure to this kind of stress is what we call job burnout. And we progressively shut down under the demands placed on us from the outside world. We just want to be able to start recognizing it. And that's what I want you guys to think about for yourself. When we have difficulty in setting priorities and putting our lives into balance, we're more prone to suffer from burnout. We feel that we cannot keep up with everything we have to do, not only in our work that is intense, but we also have demands to participate in family life, keeping up with your friends, completing normal chores, you know, and just everyday living. We feel a decreased ability to set limits on these different demands, and that's when we begin to feel a vague sense of just not caring so much about work or maybe anything anymore. Again, we feel overwhelmed, and then we retreat. 
right? So that's what people do is we retreat. You know, we start avoiding things we don't want to deal with because we're just so overwhelmed. So what are some signs? So burnout often starts with feelings of fatigue, physical, mental, or emotional. They last longer and longer. Weekends, holidays, vacations, and customary diversions just don't give us a sense of renewal any longer. So even if you are taking time off, you're not feeling renewed. You're just still exhausted. So we start to withdraw from our coworkers and our supervisors, and we may not be as attentive to our own responsibilities. A lot of times people start using alcohol, drugs, tobacco, food um, to feel better and to deal with the stress. Also, your sleep could be interrupted. You might have insomnia. You might wake up during the night. You might have, you know, nightmares. And then you might also start having some physical and emotional health problems. You know, we tend to blame it on other things and not look at what the real issue is because I think it's scary too. It's like, oh my God, if I'm burned out, what am I going to do? I can't quit my job. I don't know where else I would go. I kind of feel stuck here. That's depressing, right? So all of these thoughts, right? The CBT, we want to start addressing and saying, what am I thinking about that's making me feel so overwhelmed and burned out and wanting to, you know, retreat and not deal with things? And, And am I drinking more? Am I using drugs? Am I eating too much? Am I not eating enough? You know, what's my sleep like? What's what's my schedule? Am I really taking care of myself? You know, you might start arriving late and leave early sometimes for work also. Like the less I have to be there, the better, right? We may also become angry, hostile, depressed. If you have severe burnout, you may have a feeling of disconnection and complete loss of interest in your job. I'm hoping, you know, this podcast will help you start thinking so you won't get to that place. And of course, your self-esteem is going to suffer. As our feelings about work become totally negative, chronic absenteeism can become a problem for both the individual and obviously the organization as well. So many people are only partially aware, however, of this erosive impact that job burnout has on our lives since we tend to ignore chronic and progressive stress. So true. I mean, I think we can all look back. And, and, you know, I have a lot of friends that I used to work with when I worked at the hospitals that sometimes we would leave the jobs to go somewhere else. And a lot of times, you know, we'd say to each other, like, I had no idea how stressed out I was there because we just went in and did our job and just did our job. That's what we need to do. And you just tend to minimize and ignore it. So, you know, we feel that we can and must continue to persevere in this overload mode especially considering this cumulative heroic efforts through the present to keep up with our work demands, right? So we're trying to be kind of, you know, heroic and do it and do it and do it. And we're not really looking at the negative effects it's having on us. You know, we can drive ourselves to go on and on as tired and pessimistic as we may be. And others may see the symptoms earlier than we can. So it's always good, which I share in many podcasts, you know, people you trust in your life, go to them and talk and say, hey, Am I being a little more irritable? Do you notice things different about me? Like, give me some feedback because I just want to make sure I'm on track and maybe I'm not noticing certain things. Your coworkers too may notice a change in your work habits or the quality or quantity of your work accomplishments. You know, our primary relationships will suffer. So just asking them, but also that might give you some insight into how it's affecting your family and friends as well. You know, your, your friends might say, oh, you're never available to do anything. Or maybe your family will say, you're always so tired and just come home, fall asleep on the couch. You know, you're not interested. You're not participating. So instead of just being angry about that, because I know we can get defensive when people talk to us that way, to take a moment and, and own that and say, you know, am I unavailable? Am I always just falling asleep on the couch? Like, what's going on? And there's many stressors on the job that can contribute to the burnout, right? And some of the common ones are, as I mentioned already, work overload, 
uh, work with high emotional intensity. That would probably fall under my job description. <laughs> Lack of sufficient acknowledgement or support and reward. So we all need to be acknowledged. You know, a reward is, is getting a raise a lot of times, right? And there's many times people don't get raises again every year or it's just so minimal. Uh, there's no clear endpoint to one's own efforts. There's high interpersonal conflict. You know, excessive bureaucracy and too much paperwork from the higher-ups to get your needs met. And value clashes between the individuals. So, you know, what are my values? Like, my value is my family as well as my work. And if I worked for someone, again, that would be something I need to talk to them about. But maybe the work doesn't value family time. So that, that's where the value clashes can, you know, become an issue between the person and the organization. So unfortunately, it's often those who show the most promise actually at the beginning of their careers who later succumb to burnout because they're idealists, they're perfectionists, and workaholics a lot of times. The high achievers who have high energy levels and positive attitudes initially end up getting burned out. They're so dedicated to their work and committed to doing well continuously. So needless to say, more work gets shunted their way. Right, And over time, the relentless stress and the inability to cope with the demands of the job lead to burnout. So sometimes, you know, we'd, we'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, like Joe was just killing it here and he was doing so great and he loved it and loved it. And now he's coming in late. He leaves early. He's kind of irritable. He looks a little disheveled. Maybe he's gained some weight. You know, I mean, you can just start seeing the physical symptoms showing it on, on others and, not, and for them not being as excited. So that can happen for sure. So I'm going to talk about some common signs of job burnout. So again, these are just for you to kind of think about and, you know, say, is, is this something? And if it's not you, right, maybe it's your partner, you know, maybe it's your brother or your sister, maybe it's a parent that you could share, like, I'm kind of noticing and, you know, some things that are going on with you and how you are that maybe, you know, maybe you're feeling burned out and you need to take better care of yourself. So the first one is interpersonal problems, right? So when we feel drained emotionally at work, it becomes more difficult to deal with other people. When expected conflicts occur, we may overreact with an emotional outburst or increased hostility, even though there's nothing really serious or anything out of the ordinary. We also may start to isolate ourselves from other people because we just don't want to deal with anything. And we send out messages in our behavior that we're not as present or as available to others as we have been in the past. So we might experience a decreased desire to socialize or even to pursue our usual activities outside of work. So when you notice, you know, like, I don't feel like playing tennis when that's something I used to love to do, you know, that's a red flag. Another common sign of burnout is emotional fatigue. So it's common to feel dissatisfied, angry, frustrated, or depressed from time to time. That's normal, right? But when we're caught in the burnout cycle, these negative emotions become our prominent reactions. We express these feelings even when the situation doesn't merit the negative responses. That's that irritability. And in more serious instances, severe mood problems, such as mood swings or destructive thoughts, may become evident. And that's what we really need to be mindful. Maintaining yourself throughout the day becomes tiring, you know, putting on that good face. We lose our feeling of satisfaction on the job and the ability to face challenges with a positive attitude. And we may eventually experience a numbness and even have difficulty in, in feeling much of anything and just kind of being numb and just kind of going through, you know, showing up, doing your job, uh-huh, say yes to everything and then just leave. So you're not really connected or invested in anything. So that's the emotional fatigue. So if you're like, wow, I really kind of overreacted when my, you know, daughter didn't, you know, make her bed today. Like, why did I get so angry about that? Or, you know, road rage, 
is always a big issue. Am I overreacting because someone's driving too slow? I need to take a minute and really look at that for myself. Another common sign of job burnout is low productivity. So during the burnout phase, it's common for us to experience boredom with the job and a loss of enthusiasm for our projects that we're working on. We may feel disillusioned or even cynical, and we may find it difficult to concentrate and harness our energy to produce the quality of work that we've done in the past. So we begin to question whether our work is even meaningful anymore. And to compound the problem, we find it difficult to see how things can change, and we feel hopeless about finding a solution. So you're just kind of stuck in this pit right, of just kind of the same thing over and over again, and you don't even see how change can happen. So the low productivity, you know, will be affected. Another one is our health problems. So as our emotional reserves are depleted and the quality of our relationships deteriorate and our thoughts about work become more negative, we may begin to experience physical symptoms. So we may feel tired and run down. We could have headaches, back pain, getting more colds, having insomnia, You may even have rashes or hives at times. You may get chest pains or palpitations. You could have some GI problems where, you know, your stomach's really upset. And even nervous tics. Sleep problems are super common. You know, they range from being restless to some sleep, but also nightmares, maybe waking up in the middle of the night, early awakening, and your first thoughts are about the upcoming day's work demands. You know, I find it really common. A lot of my clients have said, you know, I don't know why, but every Sunday about the afternoon, I start feeling kind of depressed or anxious and I'm tired and, you know, I'm having a good day or the weekend was good. And so, you know, we were able to talk that through and I help the client see that this is Sunday night. So you're going back to work on Monday (laughs) and you probably don't want to be there if that's how you're feeling. There's not that excitement to go. So again, What I'm sharing with you is just to kind of think about yourself and be like, yeah, if I'm having some of these physical symptoms, it might not be a real physical problem, but it's for my stress. Another way to cope with the chronic stress of the job, as I mentioned a little earlier, is a lot of people resort to substance abuse. So people drink more caffeine on the job, right? Super common. And look at all the things that are out there, you know, five-hour energy, monster drinks, You know, C4, I mean, everybody's doing all these things to get more energy before your day even starts. And also with, uh, you know, nicotine addiction or the use of legal drugs such as prescriptions, right? Different medications to give you some energy or to help you really calm down by using, you know, if it's some type of Valium or Xanax or Clonopin, you know, people are, you know, or alcohol, people are just like medicating to just manage Um, And then obviously some people resort to legal drug use as well. So normal activities just as TV or computer can also become addicting, right? You're just kind of zoning out. An increase or a decrease in food may accompany job burnout. And all of these attempts in self-soothing, however, just compound the problem further. And they fail to address the real issues, right? Like with any kind of addiction, we're just kind of numbing ourselves out to not deal with what's going on. We also can have a lot of obsessive thinking Right, So during our non-working hours, work is still on our minds, even when we're physically involved with other pursuits. We're just thinking, thinking, thinking about work and all the stressors and how am I going to get this done or the energy for that. So our usual spiritual, religious, or recreational practices that bring us some joy fail to sustain us in the face of what we deal with on a daily basis. So the things that, you know, kind of your core things that you went to before aren't working anymore. And we also have a decreased ability to place our work into a larger, more meaningful context. So our thoughts involve a continuing focus on problems, again, rather than solutions. And solutions would be if you could look at it in a bigger context. 
So if you're obsessively thinking about work all the time, that's is a, a red flag as well for the burnout. So with all that said, let's get to how we can prevent burnout, right? Teaching you tools, using your CBT tools, and being honest with yourself. It's not an all or nothing condition, burnout. You know, rather, think of it as a progressive wearing down, ranging from normal feelings, you're getting a little tired of your job, to a state of complete exhaustion. Most workers suffer from some of the symptoms of job stress, if not burnout, from time to time. That's true for all of us, right? That's why we need to schedule vacations, take a mental health day. I suggest a lot of my clients, you know, take off a Friday or Monday and make it a long weekend from time to time. So with careful examination of what's going on with you and what's contributing to your stress and intending to your own needs for well-being, you can usually halt the wear down and revive your enthusiasm for work. So frequently, we must take a really in-depth look at how we work and how we live in order to turn our stress into an opportunity for personal growth. So I always tell my clients, whatever negative thing is going on in your life, we can see it as an opportunity, which also can give us a sense of control over the situation to make some changes. So that's, again, how are we thinking about it? What are my thoughts? And are they 100% true? So let's talk about some tips to prevent and and recovering from job burnout if that's where you are already. So first I I call this, I want you to examine your own denial. So when we're exposed to stress over long periods of time, we tend to deny that there's a problem. So the first step in learning to cope with job stress is to listen to the wisdom of your body. So you wanna freely admit, being honest, and come to accept that you're under stress. Doesn't mean you're weak just means you're human. Identify the sources of your stress and learn how you can react to them differently. And coming to terms with burnout is difficult, if not impossible, unless we stop denying that there is even a problem. And a lot of people are like, oh, you work too much. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. Oh, I love what I do. Oh, I need to. Oh, it'll get better in a couple months. You know, that's the kind of thoughts that we tell ourselves and others to give ourselves permission to continue to go, to stay in denial and not deal with our stress because that can be kind of scary, you know, dealing with our stress because what does that mean? What does that look like? You also want to avoid isolation to prevent burnout. So when we're burdened with constant job stress, dealing with other people is often the last thing we want to do, despite the fact that developing closeness and emotional intimacy with others is one of the most effective ways of buffering ourselves from pressure. Closeness brings new insights and also decreases the negative effects of agitation and depression. And and I can say, you know, this past vacation, I happened to reconnect with someone who was my best friend. We hadn't seen each other for 30 years. It's embarrassing to even say we took that long to see each other, live on different coasts, but still it was like, oh my God, it was silly. And then I saw another friend that it was about five years. That wasn't too bad, but, and then I saw some family and and I was busy but I can't tell you how much it filled me up when normally I know that sometimes I don't make the effort to call because I talk to people all day and sometimes I just want to be quiet with my own thoughts and just kind of, you know, relax at night. And maybe I don't call as much as I need to. And this past vacation really reminded me the importance for me personally, because it really fills me up to connect with people. So not isolating myself and just, you know, working and putting it out and doing my podcast. It's just, you know, you could work all the time if you really wanted to, right? I could always find something to do, but I really have to have some good boundaries so I don't go there. You also want to reduce the intensity in your own life. So examine the areas of your life that involve the most concentrated intensity 
and then work towards alleviating that pressure. So this can involve both work and non-work tasks. So for example, if your anxiety increases with certain areas of work, maybe meetings or long hours or crunching numbers, see if you can either eliminate those tasks or take a new approach toward them. If you have to make dinner every night after a long day on the job, see if other arrangements can be made at least some of the time. So you're not always making the dinner, right? Question whether you really have to watch the news on TV every night, which you don't, (laughs) or whether spending some quiet time with music or reading might be preferable, or taking a walk, playing with your dog if you have a dog or cat, making that connection with maybe someone you haven't seen in a while to go get dinner after work. You know, whatever it is that you're not doing that brings some calmness to your life. You know, going back to when I mentioned, you know, meeting, somebody might say, well, I don't have any choice over that. But, you know, I think if you have the ability to be assertive and go talk to your boss and and maybe say, you know, I'm trying to get all this work done and all of these meetings doesn't give me enough time. I'm working long hours. It's stressing me out. It's interfering with my family time. So, you know, is there something, are there certain meetings I don't need to be involved in or what could we do to maybe decrease that so I can get more work done? Just for an example. So don't feel like you can't do anything. You also want to learn to pace yourself. Like everything else in nature, our bodies need time for downtime. Time to work, but time to rest. And we need moderation and balance. We can work intensely for a while, but then we need to take a break. So get some quiet and relaxing interludes in your daily routine, whatever that might be. So again, if you can go take a walk, if you can meditate maybe for five minutes, you know, close your eyes, put on some music, or maybe a guided imagery that you can listen to that's just, you know, for five minutes, and then you get back to work. So whatever will work for you, but that's important to pace yourself. You also want to minimize worrying, which I can hear you guys all laughing already. Because a lot of people are like, that's all I do. (laughs) Worry solves very few problems, but it increases your general anxiety. And if you find yourself obsessing over your concerns and perhaps losing sleep in the process, you know, write them down, talk with a friend about it, come up with some solutions to the problems, take action, and then you let it go. You also want to take care of your physical needs, right? So when your bodies are run down, you're more susceptible to burnout. So make sure you have a good diet, especially your breakfast, something healthy. Avoid abusing yourself with rigid diets. You want the balance. Try to get as much exercise as you realistically can. Avoid addictive substances and get plenty of sleep. So just the basic needs. We're not having to, you know, work out for hours every day. Just your basic needs, eating healthy, not too much caffeine, and be mindful of getting enough sleep. And then you also want to nurture yourself more than others. So people that are likely to get job burnout are those who are more concerned about caring for the needs of others to the detriment of caring for yourself. This is why nurses, doctors, teachers, and other people in the helping profession are prone to job burnout. Like I was talking, being honest about myself, you know, we're just thinking about others, which I do. We're thinking what's the best, did I do this well? What am I gonna do next time I talk with my client? that we need to have that balance for ourselves. And some people seek the approval of others also by agreeing to take on enormous projects and working long hours. So rather than nurturing yourself, you're nurturing others and you need to have a better balance. So I want you to always ask yourself, what am I doing today to nurture myself? I'm still gonna be there for others. I still want you to be there for others, right? But what am I also doing for me? And don't say I'll do it when everything else is done. I used to do that and I never got to me. And then I changed my schedule around and I put myself on the top of the list and then everything else fell around it and it really worked. 
So if you're feeling drained all the time, you know, how can you even be effective in helping others? It's just not going to work. So you need to learn to say no. You need to delegate more responsibilities to others rather than taking the overload yourself. I talked to a lot of clients too about that word delegate. And I'm like, can you delegate? What can you delegate that you don't have to do and to get better at that? And then one last thing is to take a close look at what your work means to you. So try sorting through what's meaningful in your life and separate it from those things that are temporary and fleeting. Learn what's essential and what is not essential for your own happiness. Examine how your work can become a reflection of your essential self and, if it cannot, consider ways to modify your current work or perhaps go into a new career altogether. People change careers all the time. I don't want to make it sound like it's easy, but it, one thing maybe the pandemic brought for some people is you know people lost their jobs and a lot of people started like their own businesses or what can I do from home? You know, It kind of puts you in a position to do something different that you may have never allowed yourself because you want to have that job and stick there and retire and, you know, not make changes. So, you know, just you want to brainstorm a little bit. And, you know, if you feel like working with a therapist on these questions can open the door to a new way of life for you, then that's a path to take too, is to find someone to talk to. And having the contentment, the integrity, and true satisfaction will keep you from burnout and also enjoy your work and your life more. So I just want to end this podcast by summarizing that job burnout can actually be a gift. As I said a few minutes ago, an opportunity. And burning out can just be an awful experience. You know, and after all, you know, many of us do spend most of our waking hours on the job, more hours, in fact, than we spend with our family and friends. And when this enormous part of our lives becomes so stressful, along with the worry, self-esteem issues, anger, depression, withdrawal, a major personal crisis is generated. Our first impulse is to deny that job stress, right? That it's finally getting the best of us because none of us want to think anything's going to get the best of us. And we persevere and keep doing the same things every day, working even harder as if that might be the answer to finding relief, which it's not. (laughs) And the cycle's just futile. So more work is not going to alleviate the problem of working too hard. It just further depletes your emotional reserves. So think of burnout crisis as a gift, one which helps inform you that something is out of kilter in your life and that you need to take a deeper look to find answers to its resolutions. Without the crisis of burnout, we may never feel prompted to finally answer some critical questions that we need to about our lives. So some questions to ask yourself is, what am I trying to accomplish with my work life? What are my key interests and does my work fit with them? What are my key skills and does my work use them? What are my core values about life balance, about family, money, about the treatment of people? Is my work in sync with my values? Am I overworking and if I am, why? Where's the balance in my life between work and play? And what does work accomplish for me? And what's it preventing me from accomplishing? So while these are questions that, you know, we all grapple with, with occupational stress from time to time, we want to also reflect on them. And we often don't have the self-discipline or structure to really do that and explore it. So that's where sometimes finding a therapist, or I know I talked to you guys about using the Mind Over Move book, which I use with my clients, to give you some of those specific tools that are going to help you figure out what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What are my physical reactions? What are my behaviors that maybe I really need to look at and maybe make some changes in my life? You want to start exploring the work-life issues so you can enable yourself to get your work-life stress sorted out and back to thriving in your chosen work 
and in your life. So that's it for today. I hope this was helpful for you. If you have a burning therapy question that you'd love to be answered or wanted any feedback or suggestions for other podcasts, you can always email me at mycbtpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at mycbtpodcast. And you can rest easily knowing I'll always keep your name confidential and never share it on the air unless you give me permission with the emails you send me. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining me. Stay safe. I'll see you next week. And remember, make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel.